0: It mainly has to do with the laundry not getting put away often. Oh yes, that... please tell me how to do that.
1: <laughs> Get your husbands well... and your kids to help.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, Kim. Welcome to the art of custom from Hibbs Homes, sponsored by Pella Window indoors Doors and Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery. In this episode, we are organizing our way to happiness. Susan Stewart, owner of Perfectly Placed Organization, joins us to discuss the tips and tricks for organizing your way to a happy space. Enjoy.
1: How many of you are nesting in preparation for the winter ahead? If social media marketplaces are any indication, Most of you have some type of organization or decluttering project that you're knee deep in right now. And Melody, I just learned a little bit of secret about you that you recently tried to tackle your garage, but you tackled it alone? I did. You know, I. That's what you have kids for.
3: I, I, I actually have to admit, I did my storage room, I did my laundry room, wow. and I did my garage all in one day by myself. And I was I found my Palm Pilot from 2007.
1: Palm Pilots? Really? Yes, Probably half of our listeners don't know what the heck that is.
3: I'm telling you, that's a sign that you have made progress, though.
1: But I'm going to go back to my first question. The kids, where were they?
3: I mean, I wanted to get it accomplished. They were camping, to be fair, but I waited. So there's a
1: good excuse.
3: Yeah, I waited until they were gone out of my house in order to tackle it. And
1: how do you feel psychologically?
3: Honestly, it was so nice. As soon as they got home, I was like, go look at the storage room. (laughs) Da-da-da.
1: And did we have the proper response? Oh my gosh, mom, this is awesome. It looks beautiful. You're the best.
3: Um, no. Oh. But, <laughs> no, but my husband was very happy and they noticed when they pulled in that they didn't have to park the second car crooked in order to pull into our garage. So taking a bow right now.
1: <laughs> well deserved, I might add. And it's interesting <laughs> because we've talked about organization in the past and it seems to like every time we do talk about organization on the podcast, it's one of the most um, popular, if you will.
3: I think a lot of people are starting to understand what a difference an organized home really makes Mm -hmm. in the way that your day goes. Um, Keeping on top of all of that stuff, it's easier to stay on top of laundry than it is to catch up on laundry is what I always tell my kids. Um, And so the less things I have to touch in a day in order to, you know, function... The better,
1: right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, School year, a little bit behind us now. School started, kids are back in school. So, you know, parents can take a big deep breath, sigh of relief. And we can talk a little bit about organization. And that's what we're going to do on uh, today's episode.
3: With the start of the school year behind us and with the holidays coming up and so many things coming into our house, we thought it would be a good idea to bring on Susan Stewart. You are the owner of Perfectly Placed Organization. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in the organization business and actually turned it into a career.
0: Well, 18 years ago, before many people even knew that this was a career that existed, including me, I was often found helping friends and family organize and decorate and find things to help make their lives easier. And my husband suggested that I do it for a living. So that's when I looked into it and started my company.
3: I feel like since the pandemic, we have heard so much about professional organization and organizers, but I don't know that that was a big thing before the pandemic. I mean, really, was it?
0: It has been around for a long time, but some recent things have brought it to further light, and that was Marie Kondo and then the show The Home Edit. So those two things have really brought about more awareness to our industry.
3: I love the home edit. (laughs) The the color organization is so pleasing. But you know, one of the things that I've wondered about often is there's so many different types of organization styles. I mean, there's one that's like the bugs and butterflies and then there's the color. I mean, how do you find one that works the best for you? And do you recommend that everybody goes with the same thing or how do you approach it?
0: I think finding an organizer that you feel like you have a good connection with is probably the most important thing. And then, you know, just taking into account your lifestyle. So for example, a lot of times people will come to me and say, I saw the home edit and I want to decant everything in my pantry. And I'll say, Well, you know, with three kids and different activities and all of that, do you really have time to, like, pour every, you know, box of cereal or box of snacks into a container? I'm not sure you do. So helping them think through the reality of their organization Organization needs to be simple and it also needs to be manageable. So, if their lifestyle, if they're not in a life stage or have the time to maintain a certain system, then that system isn't going to work for them.
3: So, and you mentioned that you've often wanted to talk to a home builder, and obviously, Kim Hibbs, our lovely owner and founder, is a home builder. Um, And, you know, really what we wanted to chat with you about is how to get ahead of your organization needs when designing or buying a home. We have listeners that are not only building a custom home, but we do have a lot of people who are doing renovations, and some of us are just, you know, home junkies that love to sit and (laughs) listen to home stuff. I know that's me. So what is your advice when it comes
0: to planning ahead when you're building The first thing that comes to mind, which is an issue in almost every home I'm in, is the entry point. And one of the reasons for that is because most people come in through the door from the garage, and oftentimes that's a pass-through, a laundry room, and there's just not a lot of space. And when you're coming in, you're often carrying a purse, keys, bags from the store. Um, If you've got kids, sometimes that's a diaper bag, a baby carrier, you know, your kids have backpacks, coats. All kinds of stuff, and there's just like where do you put it? And so that would be a big thing that I would say to plan for. I know that some of the newer homes are putting in mud rooms, and I think in a place like St. Louis, where we have so many different weather conditions, even in one day, there's such a need for a mud room. But in addition to a mud room, just planning for those types of things. So if you have small children, and they're in lots of activities, where are you going to put all those activity bags? You know, if your child is in multiple sports, where are those going to go when you're coming in the door from the garage? If you don't wear shoes in the house, many families don't wear shoes in the house. And so the shoes are all over the floor by that door. Um, How are you going to store those shoes? So those are, are some of the biggies.
1: Susan, I'll be honest with you, listening to you and talk about some of these quote unquote problem areas, you are absolutely spot on. And I will say that as a custom builder, we're kind of guilty of maybe not paying enough attention to this up front. I mean, we focus on everything, so many small details when it comes to building a home, but it sounds like the organizational component is something that we need to give more time to. So in addition to maybe talking about the kitchen and the flooring and the lighting and the plumbing, it almost sounds like it would be helpful to get you know, maybe some sort of an organizational designer like you involved. And if you're going to do it, you need to do it early in the process, which can help with the design phase as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that would be a dream come true for me because once the family's in the house, there's only so many changes we can do and we can, you know, and we can make lots of changes, but I mean, it would just be wonderful to be able to talk to homeowners about that as they're going through the process of building their home and planning that out.
3: You were talking about drop zones and those entry areas, and I have Uh seen some very, very pretty Pinterest photos of those areas. And I just, I wonder where does that design and organization truly meet? Because, oh man, they're gorgeous when they're streamlined.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are. And, you know, and here's the reality, too, that I always tell people is like, you can have the most beautiful mudroom or entryway on the planet. It can be custom made for five people, but it's still not meant to hold every jacket that you all own. It's still not meant to hold three backpacks, 10 pairs of shoes and five coats. You know, it's still really meant to be a locker of sorts. So having a small coat closet off of that area and storing all the extra coats in there and then just having the one current coat you're wearing on the hook is really helpful. And I have to reiterate that to clients from time to time. I was
3: going to ask if you could repeat that for my children that are 10 (laughs) miles away. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's really
0: only meant to hold the one. (laughs) Yes.
1: Susan, many people who are listening to our podcast do so because they're renovating a home or maybe even doing a, a home addition. Do they run into unique problems because they're not starting from scratch? And, and if so, what are some of the areas that you see that they could use some improvement? And, and how do you work with an existing space versus new construction?
0: If you're doing new construction, you would be able to plan, like I just mentioned, having that coat closet right off of the garage door. So, a lot of people do want to have the hooks because that's very convenient, you know, to walk in. It's much easier to get your kid to hang something on a hook, which we know is just a challenge in and of itself, let alone open a door and hang it on a hanger. That's not going to happen. However, if you're in a a house that already exists, you're somewhat limited. You might have to put all the extra coats in the coat closet by the front door, even though that's on the other side of the house. But it's better than nothing, um, better than having tons of coats all over the hooks. But it would be ideal to be able to plan it the way you want and to think about flow. And I just think that's something that a lot of people, I mean, as organizers, we do think about that. But A lot of times people, you know, they're looking at just the aesthetics, which is hugely important. Aesthetics are hugely important to me. But you really do need to think about the flow of your family and your lifestyle. And your home needs to make sense from a flow standpoint.
1: You know, that's such a great point. And I I want to stress that to those who are listening and those who are thinking about building or, or renovating. As you look through magazines, as you look at videos, as you look through social media, you know, not only are you looking for cool ideas on ways to finish the house, but really take the time to think about and write down how you and your family use your house, where you could use help with organization. Because when you meet with someone like Susan, or you meet with the architect, or whomever is helping you design the house, having that information available is going to make it very easy for us, a builder or remodeler, to try to improve some of those pinch points, if you will. So good information there, Susan. I really appreciated that.
2: Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home.
3: So my question is, as and not professional organizer, what what questions, I mean, I think about what is the flow of my day to day, but what questions would you ask me in order to determine what that flow is?
0: Well, one of the questions I always ask at a consult is what frustrates you the most? What On a daily basis, what certain thing is the most frustrating for you? So is it the shoes all over by the door? Is it I can't get the laundry put away or my pans don't fit in the cabinet closest to the stove. So the things that frustrate us are often a good jumping point to the problem areas or what isn't working well in the flow.
3: And what other kind of gotcha areas aside from those entryways
0: do you typically see in someone's home? Laundry is another big one. It mainly has to do with The laundry not getting put away. So often. Oh, yes. Please
3: tell me how to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get your husbands (laughs) and your kids to help.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly, Kim. I I usually say it needs to be something that's delegated and then setting up some systems so that you can um, delegate it. So, for example, I will ask questions like, okay, tell me your process for doing laundry. Do you have a hamper in every room and then you do it by person or do you bring it all down in a big pile on the floor and then like sort it in piles and you have all these piles going on the floor and then you put one load in and then it's time to go pick someone up and then, you know, then you come home and then all the piles got all mixed up and then you kind of start it over or is it just... You you don't have a place to put the folded clothes and they don't get put away or because maybe the drawers are too full. So that's why you don't put things away. There are so many Stuck points within the process. So, part of what I do as an organizer is helping someone identify where's the sticky point for them and then helping them work through it. So, you know, getting into the kids' rooms often and setting up organizational systems and then teaching parents how to delegate the laundry to their kids. Kids can learn to put away their own laundry as young as three years old with a little bit of help. And then pretty soon, you know, when they're young, they want to help. So catch them while they're young and they still want to.
3: (laughs) Two spaces that you brought up were the laundry room, but then the, you know, those bedrooms. I know my kids, they have a tendency to kind of just pile things in the bathroom. And it occurred to me, maybe that's one of those ways to address some of those organization problems in a floor plan, What instead of making that second bedroom where you know your kids are going to go And shower all of the time, maybe not taking square footage off of that, but finding somewhere else or making sure that the square footage of the laundry room is appropriate for a family of four. And that's not something I think it would have occurred to me prior to this. What about that basement storage room? Everybody has one. And I want to know what your thoughts and feelings on that basement storage room are.
0: Well, they're definitely important. I have a love-hate relationship with basements. So prior to living in St. Louis, I lived in Phoenix, and most homes in Phoenix don't have basements. So when I moved to St. Louis, I was really excited because it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of... Um, storing things. However, um, basements are also where everything goes to die. (laughs) So, you know, what can happen with basements is, um, I don't really want to make a decision about this, so I'm just going to put it in the basement for now. And that can be a dangerous phrase. I mean, we do need storage, and we need to be thoughtful about what we put down there, or it can become an overwhelming space to organize.
1: And I would imagine the same could be said about the garage. So again, think about how you use the space, what you're trying to store, what you're trying to keep handy and and that type of thing in in the garage as well. But I'm going to bring you back inside the house, main floor kitchen, which is the most bar none, important part of an entire house to to all of our families. And Susan, what what we're noticing is people are trying to make their pantry larger and larger. But here's my question Uh for you. Is larger truly better when it comes to the pantry or should you, are you okay with a little bit of a smaller pantry as long as it's well-organized?
0: I think it kind of depends. I am a proponent of a a walk-in pantry. I do think some kitchen designs that I will see now are, you know, the very beautiful cabinetry that they pull out. Um, or that have an opening maybe with four pullouts. And I would say for most larger families, that is not an adequate size for food storage. I do like the idea of having a well-organized, but also a bigger pantry. Even though we have the capacity to go to the store all the time, we do also have the tendency to overbuy a little bit. And I think People feel that they're busy and they don't want to run out of snacks for their kids or they don't want to run out of paper towels or whatever it is. And so they are storing some backstock. So I do think it is helpful to have a walk in pantry and I would recommend it unless you're just like two people or something.
3: So we are building a lot of what are called dirty kitchens or sculleries. Um, And I'm not sure how I feel about that. As somebody who very much paid attention to the open floor plan so I could cook and be around people. And so what do you think about this trend towards having that large second kitchen? Is it really necessary or what is the ideal size for that secondary area? Are we getting a little crazy with those pantries? I mean, they're amazing, but it's, um, you know, a second kitchen, basically, you know, you have the water running back there, you have countertops for prep, all of the uh, large oh, yeah. uh, electronics that you would cook with, you know, your air fryers okay. back there, but then it's combined with your storage. And so it seems like, I- I'm going to go ahead and guess, that's not your fa- going to be your favorite. What is your ideal <laughs> size for a pantry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I, I think I have had a client now that you're describing it more. I think I have seen that before. Not a lot, but I have had it. Personally, I think that's, I'd just rather have it all in one place and not have to walk all the way over there to, you know, use the air fryer or whatever. I understand the whole prettiness factor, but I, I think I would prefer it in one, but it may just be a personal preference.
3: You were talking about garages and I cleaned out my garage over the weekends. Yes. By myself. Thank you. I can Where was your husband and your kids? You. They were camping. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Give them a pass. Yes. Um, and what I realized is that third garage, it had not occurred to me up until this point, but is the reason that everybody has that three garage thing is really just for bikes and mess, because I, I wouldn't have had to have done that if I had three instead of two.
1: Before Susan answers, I'm going to answer the question. No, because we use our three-car garage for three cars. Well, I,
3: do, I, I don't
0: have a third driver in my house yet,
3: so well, I guess that's you a good will point. point.
1: So Susan, what, what's your answer to Melody's <laughs> yeah, question? Yeah,
0: it's good. I'm glad you're bringing up the garage, because that's another thing that I feel like often isn't big enough. They're making cars bigger and bigger. So I was in a garage, I was organizing a garage on Friday and the client that I was working for said that his truck is so long, it comes just inches away from the wall um, when he pulls in. So we couldn't put anything on that wall. And I think that's just happening more and more. I will say that we have a two car garage and we just did a huge garage makeover. And I just posted my video on social media on Friday um, of that makeover, which is it's pretty cool. But anyways, it's so tight. Like, I mean, I really we we can get both cars in and it's very organized, but you can barely get out when you open the doors. So I do wish we made garages just a little a couple feet wider and maybe a couple feet longer. <laughs> that would be my my big wish. So it is nice when you have when you start to get teenagers driving to have that third car, but I would say most people are doing that for all the sports equipment and bikes and some storage. I mean, in Missouri, I think most people are using the basement for long-term storage in terms of holiday decorating and memories and that kind of nature, but Definitely, like all the bikes, sports things, the big riding toys, all of that, it takes up a lot of space. Um, And that ends
1: up in the garage. And and I know it's going to be dependent upon the size of the project we're talking about, but give us an idea, if you will, Susan, some of the typical, or maybe give us a price range, if you will, for a garage or a basement and, and that type of thing, because we do want to help our listeners understand um, a little bit about the process and a little bit about the pricing. So give us some guidelines as far as what people should be planning to spend if they're going to look to organize something like the garage, the basement, maybe the the pantry area and all.
0: Our packages are on our website, but I would say that for a garage or a basement, um, your average is going to run probably between $1,300 and $2,500 for labor. And then it would be additional if you needed to bring in additional storage products.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Palo Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella integrated roll screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. You could have a professional
3: organizer do it, but, you know, if you could prepare to have somebody come in and, you know, do a little bit of it yourself, do you have a process that you like would just patent recommend that somebody go through?
0: We always start with sorting like things together. And the reason we start with that is because the whole purging process is much easier if you're looking at a grouping of similar items so if you just randomly you know pick up all these random items in the garage or basement, or or any space for that matter. Your brain is a little bit like a pinball machine. You're going, I don't, I don't know. I I need to have some gl- work gloves. I ne- I need to have some tools, you know. And you you can't make that decision. So if you group all of those things together, it becomes much easier. If you go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I have 15 pairs of work gloves. I probably don't need 15. And then you can compare and contrast, and you know, pick your best three pair or whatever. And then lastly, we do the containing and the organizing. So oftentimes people will go and buy the products because that's the fun part of organizing is like picking out containers and things like that. But we usually recommend that that's done at the end of the project or near the end of the project. Because if you do that at the beginning, you don't know what size you need because you don't know what you're going to store and you don't know how much you need to store. And then you come home with more things and then you feel more overwhelmed because now you've just added to the clutter by bringing in a bunch of containers that may or may not work for what you need them for.
3: So you're saying that my collection of 20 unused containers sitting in my basement waiting for some use is probably not the best uh, collection to have. Melody, (laughs)
0: you are not alone. Every time I say this to a client, they laugh and they're like, are you spying on me in my house? And I'm like, yeah, because everybody does that.
1: (laughs) So Susan, you uh, just a minute ago used the word brain, and I've got to circle back to that because... I know from experience that any time that we do some sort of decluttering or organization, either it's around our house or the office, I know I feel so much better about it. So psychologically, what does it mean to a person if they can get themselves and their family organized?
0: It can be so life-changing. I mean, I love what I do. I feel like there's so much value to... What we bring because it can change the quality of your life. So, you know, if you think about a mom getting out the door with three kids and the chaos that ensues in the morning, and then you think about being able to have those kids be self sufficient to be able to reach their Clothes and get dressed themselves and know where their shoes are, and mom knows where the keys are, and mom has her purse on the hook, and you know, all of those things. And you make that process much more smooth. You think of the ripple effect of that. How did the ripple effect of that affect the kids' day? How did that affect mom, you know, going to work? How did that, you know, affect so many layers of things of less frustration? I feel like that's so huge. They say that the average woman spends 55 minutes a day looking for things. And I mean, who could not use an extra hour a day? That would be huge.
3: I probably spend 30 minutes telling everyone where everything is (laughs) (laughs) at our house. I do know that. So I have a, another collection that I have to admit to, which is of organization books. Um, I have the Marie Kondo. I have the Gretchen Rubin. I have the Home Edit. I have all of these books. And if there was one that you wished every one of your clients would read to get into the right mindset before they brought you in, which would you recommend?
0: I've got a secret. I'm not a huge reader. My thought is, don't read about it. How about just do it? You know, but <laughs> that's the, that's the way enough. I tend to think. But a lot of my clients have multiple books in their house. And when we get to the part about going through their books, they chuckle and say, oh, look, here's another book I don't need now because I have you. So, you know, if you find yourself <laughs> collecting a lot of books about organizing, and you're still finding yourself a little bit like deer in the headlights, then what's probably true is that you just, you need some hands-on help. And there's no shame in that. I find that many of our clients are hands-on learners and they don't necessarily learn really well by reading a book. What's also true is that sometimes when we think about doing something, it feels really overwhelming. So, we might think, oh, I'll just go buy a container and that'll make me organized. Or I'll just go buy a book about organizing and that'll make me organized. When the reality is you really just have to get in there and do it. And, you know, getting help is not a bad thing. I mean, we, we try to make what we do really fun. We think it's fun because, you know, we do love organizing. And, You know, something that you may have been putting off for a long time, you're going to feel so good when it's done. And hopefully you'll learn to, maybe you won't love the process as much as we do, but we hope that you will learn to understand it and really appreciate the results.
1: Susan, this has been a wonderful interview and and we thank you for your time and we'll share your information in our show notes. But before we started recording, you had mentioned maybe asking us some questions as builders. Is there anything that comes to, you know, maybe top of mind that you want to ask us?
0: Yeah, I would love to know, like sometimes there are things like, I wonder why they don't make the garage wider or I wonder why they don't put the bathroom in a certain location, or whatever. And I think there probably are really good reasons. So I would love to know some of the process on how you guys decide. Location of things and and sizes of things and maybe the the reasons why.
1: It's actually a very good question, and I think I'm going to answer it in two ways. The first of all, the custom builder versus what we call a production builder, and a production builder is basically building that same home over and over, sometimes changing the sure. exterior elevation. But there is a little sure. bit of a different philosophy with both. As a as a production builder. You're trying to build the most economical home possible. And so the garage is going to be a little bit smaller because everything comes down to How much does it cost to build that house? Because then you have to sell it to somebody. And generally speaking, everybody's looking for the lowest price possible. Even when it comes, for example, to where we're placing some of the bathrooms, where you're placing the powder room, size of pantries and things like that, Mm -hmm. it comes down to how easy is it to run the plumbing, the water supplies and the drain lines and everything. Mm -hmm. The closer they are together, the less expensive it's going to cost to build that particular house. Whereas if you're working with a custom builder, we truly do try to talk to the clients about you know, think of the flow of the house. What's going to be the best location for the powder room, for your office? You know, what's going to be the best location for the the pantry and the size of the pantry? The garage is something that more and more of our clients are absolutely paying attention to. And we are seeing custom garages deeper. So when you're pulling in the the larger pickups that they fit, the garage Mm -hmm. door maybe a little bit taller, the garage itself a little bit deeper. We do ask the questions, what type of cars are you driving? How many cars? What are you trying to to store in your garage. So as a custom builder, I think we're more in tune to asking questions that are going to deliver the home that the client wants, whereas most of the homes that are being built today still are are being built by production builders, and they're really focused on cost per square foot and what is the cost to build that house. So that's why you see more traditional layouts of floor plans and more traditional sizes of some of the garages.
0: Oh, that's really helpful. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Well, thank you so much
3: for making time in your busy day. I know you have a lot of clients, and we really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us this morning and and answer some of the questions that are burning questions about organization. She had
1: the time because she was organized, and she she could fit us into her schedule, Melody.
3: (laughs) I mean, that makes so much sense.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Susan.
2: You're welcome.
1: Melody, I'm absolutely shocked, and what I'm shocked about is it's still mind-boggling to me that the average woman spends 55 minutes a day looking for things in the house. That's an hour of your day looking for things.
3: Not in my house, you don't.
1: Well, I'm talking about, did you hear when I said the average woman, you're well above average, we know that, we know you're an organizational freak. Yeah, I
3: mean, I'll own it.
1: (laughs) But no, I mean, think about that that's nearly 7 hours a week and i can keep you know multiplying it out over the course of the year you have much better things to do in your day than look for things. So hopefully this segment with Susan was helpful. And you don't have to live in St. Louis if you are contact Susan. But if you're outside the St. Louis area, there's a lot of great opportunities to get with somebody who is a true professional at organizing and have them help you. And we talked a little bit about cost during the uh, the segment. It's really not bad.
3: No, and you know she is part of a national organization for home organizers. And if you go down to the bottom of her website, you can link to this organization and um, find some folks in your area that would provide services, kind of like how we're always encouraging people to reach out to their local HBA.
1: I didn't know that. That's really good information. And the other thing I want to make sure people understand is get organized before you start the design process. Truly understand where your trouble spots are um, and address those during the design of the house.
3: Well, and I think that's why there are actually quite a few organizational freaks that work in our office. I mean, you have to be organized in order to move through the custom home building process, right? And it's kind of our job to keep our clients organized. So I encourage everybody to reach out to... Their organization gurus and read books. I know she says you don't have to read books. But you
1: can do it yourself, right? Oh,
3: yeah. And, you know, it's so satisfying just to look at other people's organized pictures, too. I mean, really.
1: (laughs) Satisfying, or mm. or can there be a little bit of jealousy involved, and maybe frustration because you realize, well, you know what, I'm I'm not that organized. I know,
3: yeah. Well, all of the above, <laughs> all of the above. But hey,
1: we're gonna we're definitely gonna share uh, Susan's contact information in our show notes, as well as a. Uh, this is interesting. We have a special resource. It's a list of. Clutter-free gifting ideas. That's very interesting.
3: I am actually putting that together myself okay. because um, we talk a lot about experience here, and you know, gifting experiences. Um, that's really what it is. Is going through, you know, what is the stuff that you're not going to bring into your home that you can, you know, create an experience for someone. So, just going to put that in. We have a lot of holidays coming up in the next yes, couple of months, so
1: yeah, very timely. Yeah. Uh, we also encourage all of our listeners. If you have any questions, let us know. We're happy to be a resource. If you're building, if you're remodeling, renovating, or just want to say hi, uh, reach out. Our phone number, 314-266-9709, 9709 Melody, okay. usually when we're at the end of episode 10 for the season, season five, like we are now, we're telling our listeners... We're going to miss you. We'll be back. But you've got some uh, kind of interesting news, don't you?
3: I do. We're going to have two additional episodes because we found some really cool stories to share. Um, one of them, we're going to do a special Halloween episode. And I don't want to ruin it for everyone, but um, it might be a little spooky. We might have to put a rating <laughs> on it. We'll have to see. So, um, And then we have a really cool um, expert who was actually featured on a Netflix show um, for having a personalized home Mm. Um, and so he's also going to come in and chat with us a little bit about um, how you can make your home So one of a kind. I mean, that's that's your specialty, right? Um, Doing custom homes. So uh, we thought we'd get some really cool, innovative ideas.
1: So definitely worth having two additional episodes uh, this season. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, And and what's also interesting is, you know, after the holidays, because everybody gets really busy with all of the holidays coming up. So we'll take our traditional year-end break and come back with uh, season six after the first of the year. But it's going to be fun to have those bonus episodes. And also, we've been been able to drop some bonus episodes along the way. If there's something interesting that happens in the market, we've talked before about lumber prices. We've talked more before about mortgage interest rates and things. So we want to be a little bit more flexible because if something interesting happens, we will absolutely have the bonus episodes that we'll drop occasionally. And just having that flexibility, I think is really good for our listeners.
3: Keep an eye out. We might slip into your feed.
1: (laughs) In the meantime, we will see you again for episode 11 coming up pretty soon. Stay tuned and we'll drop that and you'll enjoy it. It's going to be scary, scary fun though. (laughs)
2: for more information visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes and please rate and review to help us grow The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening.